Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest, Robbie Kelman Baxter. Now, Robbie is the author of The Membership Economy, uh, and it's based upon a coin, uh, or excuse me, a term that she coined herself uh, calling the membership economy. She's a featured expert on LinkedIn learning. Uh, she's also runs a, a consulting firm and has uh, worked with a lot of very large, reputable companies. She's a graduate of Harvard and also the Stanford Graduate School of Business, and she's been er interviewed by places like CNN, NBC, and NP NPR. So uh, easy for me to say, I guess, right, Robbie? So, Robbie, <laughs> welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Glad to have you today. Yeah, so glad to be here, too, Steve. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about the membership economy. But before we begin, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Uh, fun things that I've been up to outside of work. Um, I have three kids, and a lot of fun is uh, tied to, to being with them, including one that uh, just finished her freshman year in college. And I am so grateful to have her home for a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I know that's a fun thing for you. Uh, I am uh, a, a very proud, uh, completely finished father and now grandfather. So mine are grown and I don't have to deal with any of that. So, Robbie, uh, really glad to talk with you today. And I want to tell my listeners that this, this is a topic that uh, Robbie and I are going to have today. It's something that uh, I've never done on the show and I, my goal is to always bring new and new ideas about leadership and management to our audience and to really get them to think. And one of the things that you talk about in the membership economy is that uh, you, you've made a statement that you believe that it's important for us to think of employees at, as members. Now, before we uh, really dive off into that, why don't you tell our listeners, what does it mean when you say the membership economy? Give us a little bit of background about that. 
Sure. So the, the membership economy, as, as you mentioned, is a term that I came up with to describe this change in the way that businesses were interacting with the people they served. And I, I saw that they were moving from um, an ownership model to an access model, um, from a transactional, anonymous kind of relationship to one that is known and based on um, personalization, and on moving from the the company just shouting out messages that the, the customer had to listen to, to one where the customers not only could they give feedback, but they could communicate among themselves under the umbrella of the organization. And all of those different elements were contributing to this different kind of relationship um, between organizations and the people they served. And one of the biggest traits I think of as when that, that moment when somebody takes off their consumer hat where they're considering alternatives and thinking about when they're going to quit or when they're going to go somewhere else, what other alternatives are out there, and they put on their membership hat where they say, as long as you take care of me in the way that you've promised, I'm not going to look for alternatives. Very interesting. Uh, so the, the theory behind this is that uh, if we are going to really keep good people, we need to make sure that, that their needs are being met in a way that makes them feel valued and, and appreciated by the company. Is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And not just valued and, and appreciated, Steve, but going one step forward, which is that whatever it is that the individual wants from their working time, their professional time, they feel like that organization is going to help them to achieve that. So, so certainly part of what I want from an employer is to be valued for my contribution and appreciated, but I might also want to develop new skills. Um, I might want to get paid really well. Uh, I might want to have the opportunity to pursue some of my own passions. And organizations that can tap into that and promise those benefits are going to get greater loyalty. I totally agree with that, and uh, it, you know it's interesting that you mentioned this because that's uh, one of the biggest needs that I saw as well in businesses. If you look at uh, businesses, they're not really spending enough time developing the skills of their people. Everybody is working uh, so hard just to keep up with meetings and email and all of the what I call the busyness of the work that they're not developing the skills. And I find people becoming more and more disengaged uh, in the workplace just because they don't feel like they're growing. They just feel like they're getting a paycheck. Have you noted similar things in your uh, observation as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, um, one thing that I think a lot of organizations don't realize, but um, I've seen in data from, from the Gallup poll, um, in the, you know, they've done, they've, uh, Gallup that does the um, Great Places to Work, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Great Places to Work Institute and then the Gallup poll, um, those two organizations have both found that uh, once you um, let a few months go by between the date that you get the really amazing new salary and, you know, maybe where you are now, um, after about six months, the salary doesn't feel special anymore. It isn't enough to make you feel like this is a good job. And what makes people feel like they have a good job are things like, do I have friends at work? Do I have a sense of belonging at work? 
Um, am I held in high regard? And do I have a chance to achieve my full potential here? And those are all things that um, the psychologist Abraham Maslow, um, you know, outlined in his hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, in the 1940s. And, and these are timeless human needs. We want to mitigate risk. We want to belong. We want to be appreciated and admired for our contributions, and we want to reach our full potential. And organizations that let their employees tap into those things at work are going to enjoy a real competitive advantage versus other companies trying to steal away their top talent. Well, uh, I, I totally agree with you, and as I think about this, uh, l- let's talk about the membership part of this, because I think this is something that, that business people really don't think about. It. It's, it's like they're not really uh, valuing their, their t- people, their team, as much as they might if they had uh, recurring revenue in, uh, company uh, clients. So what, what does it imply to, to have a membership? What, what would that imply, to be a member of something? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing is that the, the person who is the member feels like they belong and mm-hmm. sees this as a place where there's a long-term relationship. Now, a long-term long- relationship, I hate to interrupt you, Robbie, but we, we know that today uh, people are changing jobs so darn yeah. fast long-term used to mean 20 years now I'm beginning to think it means 20 minutes so what what does a long-term mean uh, in in your context so um, what I think about in the context of an employee it means that the you know when when some people I I think about this when some people take a job they're thinking I gotta stay for 18 months or I gotta stay for two years but I'm gonna get this on my resume and that's the it's a transactional thing you know, I'll, I'll be able to say that I've done X, Y, Z, and then I can go do what the next step is. Um, that is not a membership feeling um, because they don't feel like they belong, and they're not thinking about this as, you know, I, I would say that it's really for the foreseeable future. Ooh, when like someone that. joins, let's say, a place like Apple uh, or a place like Facebook, these are two employers kind of in my neck of the woods, um, they're not planning to leave. <laughs> They're saying, this is a great, I'm hitching my star to a great organization. There's lots of jobs here. They're doing lots of interesting, different things. And I can envision staying here for a while. Yeah, I, I think that uh, certainly some do. Uh, I, I see, uh, I also see a lot of people going to some of the larger companies and saying, okay, I'm going to work two or three years at Google or Apple and that automatically gets me more money whenever I go somewhere else. And the reality is that's what's happened. I think people uh, are, are not looking at this idea about, okay, what are somebody's long-term goals and what, what would a membership look like? You know, how are they going uh, to communicate with me differently? So if I'm at the company and I'm thinking of people uh, as, as a member, uh, you know what is what's different about that than uh, than what people are doing today. Well, so if you think about membership as somebody, like the example you gave, some people I think you're right. Some people go to Google and say, "I'm here to get Google on my resume," or "I'm here to get this specific experience, which will be worth a lot where I'm going next." And other people say, "Boy, this seems like a place 
where I could be really happy for a long time because I can continue to be on the cutting edge of technology. I can make a lot of money. The people are smart and kind. And, you know, unless they do something really bad, I don't see looking for alternatives. I don't see myself going out on the job market unless, you know, unless I get stuck and, and something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference, I mean, part of it is the mind picking the right people. Um, so I think that from a manager's perspective, it's really important to understand the person in front of you and where they're trying to go next. For example, if you know they're trying to get back home to another part of the country, you know, the light or they're, they're in a long-term relationship, for example, right. um, and their spouse is somewhere else, um, a long-distance relationship, I meant, um, that person may not be very long for the organization. They may not have a real member relationship where that person really settles in and says, I'm here for the long term. Um, on the other hand, people are drawn by certain attributes of a job that are more that make someone more likely to want to go for the long term. They look at, you know, first of all, how long are other people staying? Um, what are the opportunities for advancement? What are the opportunities for professional development? Um, what happens if I come in and this job's not a fit? Right, that's a really frightening thing. I, I have some friends who've come into a job and been there, you know, let's say for less than two months and realize it's not a good fit. Now, if you're at a, at a company that wants you to be happy and believes in you and the talent and passion that you bring to the organization, they can try to find you another opportunity. Um, if they say, no, 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 we hired you to be a product manager working for John Smith and it's not going well, so you probably need to find another job, you know, that does not promote that kind of trusted relationship. That, well, that feels more like a transaction. I bought this job. I think I that's right. I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, join an organization. That's a good example. And I, I, so I, I just want to challenge our listeners right now to, to think about that statement for just a minute. Let me just ask you a question. When you hire somebody now, do you have uh, what is the typical uh, <laughs> the uh, typical agreement with a new employee where you got a 90-day get-out-of-jail-free card where if you don't like them, you can fire them in 90 days or maybe even 180 days? I mean, companies have been doing that kind of stuff for a long time, and I think that it has contributed to uh, high turnover simply because people know what, what you're telling somebody when they walk in the door is that, uh, you know, okay, you don't really count that much until we decide you count that much. Exactly. It's, it's, it, they're, they're indicating at the dating phase that I, might, that I expect that you're going to cheat on me. I mean, that's really what, it, what, it's, what, it's, what it's like. Doesn't that feel good, huh? I mean, doesn't I mean, that make it, you feel it, good? It feels hey. terrible, right? <laughs> it's terrible. Like, oh, but I the, love the you, thing- but I'm not sure I love you enough not to sleep around. Uh, hello. Right, right. Right. I, mean, I love you, but you may not be the right person, so I am going to write a prenup. It's like writing a prenup. Mm-hmm. It's planning for the divorce before the marriage is even, you know, you know, through with the throwing of rice phase. And, you know, your, your question for your, your listeners, that, you know, is a, is a good one. And, you know, what I would suggest to people listening is, you know, if you, even if you're at the smallest company, um, what you can say is something like this. I'm really excited to have you on our team. It seems like you're a perfect fit for the role that we've discussed. However, I can see that you are a multifaceted, talented, ethical person. And 
what I can promise you is that for as much as possible, I'm going to be looking for ways that you can contribute more and grow more every day while you are with us. And if we ever get to a point where I don't feel that I can give you that kind of an opportunity, I will let you know as soon as I realize it, and I will do my best to help you land somewhere where you can continue on your journey. What a great statement now, that, that, is that would forever, be. That is a forever promise. Yeah, that, that's, a, that, that's something that has real meaning to the individual, isn't it? And, and it's honest, because it's not a promise. You know, a lot of people, I think, really worry about, you know, when they hear membership, they think about, you know, the 25 years and the gold watch and, you know, people that are on the payroll and don't do anything anymore and you still have to pay them. Um, and that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about saying, look, as long as you do this, I promise I will do that. So I will always look for ways for you to be challenged and for you to grow and for you to, you know, move in the direction that you want for your career. And you promise that you will work really hard and give me the information I need to get the best out of you. And if one of us can no longer commit to that promise, we will tell each other and do our best to make the transition good for both of us. I wish we all uh, had that kind of mentality and we were actually doing those kind of things. But I, I fear that we really aren't because we've, we've looked at uh, too many things in our, uh, in our life as transactional-based. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and it goes all the way down to the relationship level, and I think we all suffer from that. Now, uh, Robbie, I, I think... Uh, that just some of the things that you've talked about today, I believe that uh, we're trying to model that here at Manager Mojo because we, we have uh, an online leadership training site we've done to build skills for managers. And the idea behind that was not just to provide training and, and ongoing training, but one of the things that we said in the site uh, and, and we practice this is we tell people if, if they don't, if we don't have the training that they were looking for, just let us know and we'll add it. And that's kind of what you're talking about as well to the individual level, isn't it? It's like, yeah. okay, if we haven't taken care of your needs, let us know and we'll get that done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're talking about, I think, you know, the, the membership economy applied to um, customers, you know, your your customers, the people that are coming to you to learn more, right? Right. Um, right. You're telling them, look, tell us what we can do better for you. We're building this around you. And if there's something missing that you need, tell us and we'll do it. Um, and that's the kind of promise that makes people very loyal. And I think that you got to take that kind of promise, especially to your team members. Why would you not do it to your team members? Right, absolutely. I mean, you want to have a really high bar. I mean, this is, you know, the best feeling in the world, you know, as an employee is when somebody says, I'm hiring you because I can tell you're a rock star. I can tell you are fantastic. And I think this might be the right job for you, but I don't know. But we're going to get to know each other and we're going to find better, you know, a better fit over time. Right? I mean, that feels great because it makes you feel special. Nobody wants to just be thrown at a job as an anonymous cog in a big machine. 
Uh, amen to that. I've, I've lived that one. <laughs> I actually uh, started my career uh, working for, at that time, the world's largest corporation. We had over 1.1 million members, uh, wow. meaning employees. And uh, yeah. the, the reality was, uh, okay, it didn't matter what I thought. Right. And it's, it's funny Felt because great. it's not that hard to make people feel like they belong and like they're wanted and to recognize people for their contributions. And it's even not that hard to tell somebody, you know what, this doesn't seem like a good fit. I don't see the next place for you to go here, and you're too talented to be wasted here. So let me help you find the next place. Awesome. Um, I, I worked at, um, at Booz Allen uh, in Hamilton very early in my career, and they had a phrase, which I actually loved, which was called counseled out, like a counselor. Uh-huh. And they used that. They never said somebody was fired. People were always counseled out, which meant that it was realized by both sides that this was not a good fit. So you were going to get counseling and advisory services until you found the next place you were going to go. That's a beautiful that thing. Was that was because the assumption was anybody that was hired in the first place was a worthwhile human being that they wanted to have in their broader community. And if for some reason that person didn't fit into a role very comfortably, didn't it wasn't quite working out, the organization had the obligation to find them another place. And, and what was interesting is, you know, we haven't talked about what's the benefit to the organization of, of having a membership mindset. But the thing is, the people who stay continue to grow and develop, and you don't have to keep bringing on new people and dealing with all those issues. The, the other thing is that even when somebody leaves, they go as an ambassador. Big difference. Not as, a, not as a disgruntled employee who was pushed out or not treated well. And so, you know, in the case of Booz Allen, for example, you know, many of their best clients are former employees who've gone somewhere else and remembered what a great organization it was and then hire them. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I know that some of our uh, listeners, maybe they don't run the entire company, and, and they're in like, uh, just a, a manager, a part of the senior leadership team. Uh, what would you recommend to, to that one manager who wants to impact uh, his or her own behavior? What would be some of your recommendations to them? Yeah, I would say that they should be as clear as they possibly can be to their prospective and current employees, direct, direct and indirect reports, about what their promise is to those people. And it might be that, you know, I'm going to do my best to provide you with the resources you need to be a star here. And in exchange, I expect you to work really hard and to let me know how I can get the best out of you. And if it doesn't work out between us for whatever reason, where I'm not able to do that for you or you're not able to do that for me, I promise that I will do everything I can to help you find a better fit. You know, you don't have to run the company to be able to say that. Absolutely you don't. You don't have to, you don't have, to have resources. I'm not, you, you, know, you probably heard, I didn't offer professional development classes. I didn't offer promotions or raises. All I offered is that I'm going to do what I can to help you be successful. And if I'm not able to do that, I will help you find another place. 
I love it, Robbie. Those are all great suggestions. And I know that uh, our listeners are going to want to learn more about your work and uh, how they can connect with you. So why don't you share how they can easily connect with you? Sure. Well, I'm I'm easy to find um, on the Internet. I'm at www.peninsulastrategies.com, or you can find me um, by my book title, www.membershipeconomy.com. And I'm on Twitter at Robbie Bax, which is my name, Robbie Baxter, at Robbie Bax. Um, and my email address is on the last page of my book. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And for those of you, uh, as always, for those of you that are exercising, we'll make sure to include links to make it easy for you to connect with Robbie and uh, learn more about her ideas on the membership economy. Now, uh, Robbie, as we uh, come to a close today for our discussion, I'd, I'd like for you, if you don't mind, why don't you give our top, your top two or three action items that you would encourage leaders to take based upon our discussion today? I would encourage uh, the managers and leaders who are listening today to get really clear on what they are willing to promise to the people who work for them in exchange for those people's commitment, hard work, and willingness to go the extra mile, and then to communicate that. Um, and and as, we, as we discussed, it could be as simple as saying that as long as you work for me, I am going to do everything I can to support you in bringing out the best that you have to give. And if that ever changes, I will help you to find another alternative. I love it. I love it. Uh, Robbie, uh, this has been a really uh, fun and and different and interesting conversation we've (laughs) had today. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, Our guest has been Robbie Kelman Baxter, author of The Membership Economy. And uh, this is a top five marketing book of the year by Inc. Uh, com. So I want to encourage you to get your copy and connect with uh, Robbie and learn more about her work. Uh, Robbie, we wish you at Manager Mojo continued success and continued mastery of your own membership economy and everything you do in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I've really enjoyed it. Steve here, and one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.